We finally passed our luck check. It's the No Class Podcast with your host Eddie and Matt. Hey Matt, how's it how's it going? How Pretty, you doing? That's easy for you to say. I'm doing damned good. It's easier when it's just me and I can do all the edits. <laughs> you can just do it with yourself. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing wrong with having a good time by yourself. Nothing wrong with that. Not a thing. Well, happy International GM's Day, sir. Another made-up holiday. I know. Isn't that awesome? But it's one that you know, honors the most important of individuals, those who do all the work to bring joy and pleasure to others around a game table. They should get, you know, steaks and, you know, pee-pee touches at, at a minimum, but not from their players. Well, that's what it sounds like to me, so I'll volunteer to make the steak. <laughs> anyway, so what's been going on? Not too much. We're finally back and live again. I know. We got snowed out. I think it's been a month Has since the last cast. Long? I think it's been a month since we last sat down face-to-face and had a chat. Yeah, we haven't had a chance to talk, hang out. Um, but here's something you always ask about. Uh-huh. Our numbers are jumping. Oh, my. We got lots of new people finding the show. Really? So when I go and look at the numbers, mm-hmm. there are times historically when I could go, and if we didn't have a new podcast or anything, it'd be like, you have zero listens for this week mm-hmm. or the zero listens for the last 24 hours. Now, almost every time I look at the number, we've had eight to ten listens. Wow. Thank you, all of you. So we are solidly in the, what, four digits now nice which for a little podcast with two guys talking to tin cans at a living room table in longview texas uh, that little old podcast from texas yeah i mean i'm i'm flummoxed i'm thank you y'all are great so i don't know if you've had this occur to you yet if mm-hmm. this has happened but the funny thing is when we'll have an episode that's like a year back or something now mm-hmm. So it's a year old for us, but it's brand new to them. Yeah. So they'll ask you like, hey, when you were talking about this, what did you mean? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't remember that conversation. I have no recollection of this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but I mean, it's like, wow, like what, we have a listener in the UK. We have a listener in California. We have another in Ohio. I mean, that's, that's just awesome. Well, the other day, uh, just, I guess we were talking about post-apocalyptic stuff and stuff like that. In my jam. And, uh. Our buddy Doug, mm-hmm. not NTRPG, NTRPG Doug, mm-hmm. but the, uh, our local Doug. Yeah, he's a great guy, and his wife is a wonderful person. Yep. We were talking about post-apocalypse stuff, and he was like, yeah, Matt really loves that. I was like, well, I remember that conversation. I think we both kind of said we loved it. Yeah. But that's historically, I mean, I love a lot of different settings. Settings, you know. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. But, um... Uh, but no, I mean, post APOC is my is my love. Well, I've actually had some people, some people, mm-hmm. people more than one, yeah, ask me about Carnage in the Casino. Carnage in the Casino. Uh-huh. I've got to say it all twice now today. Which is a, a a masterpiece from Mr. Eddie over here. It's fantastic. Yeah. But I kind of let that fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. You have these grand plans a year or more ago. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, have we been doing this? How long have we been doing this now? Yeah, it, it sneaks up on you. Is Are we coming up on two years? It seems like it, yeah. So all this stuff that you're like, I had such grand ambitions. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't. I, I've been talking since, geez, was it last November, uh, getting with Leela to see, for her to you know edit a couple of my older ones. But, you know, just haven't got that round to it. Well... That gave me a little bit of kick the pants. 
I'm going to run it at LongCon. I'm going to run that mod. Nice. So if you need a reason to come out to the LongCon, there you go. There's one thing that you can say. Mm-hmm. And it's actually got me thinking about it again and some rewrites I could do, mm-hmm. some improvements I can make. You so. could give playtest credits to people. Wink, wink. I've already got that written in. Oh, wow. I had to go back and find the people from NTRPG that Get played it. And permission, I guess, to use their name and likeness. Right? There will be no permissions and no likeness. <laughs> The fact that you played this game means yeah. you've given all your rights away. That's right. Um, but we've got a bunch of positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, Doug and Nicole, mm-hmm. they've been picking up the show lately. Mm-hmm. I heard from our new friend, Jonathan, who's out in California. Mm-hmm. One thing that he brought up to me mm-hmm. was when the show started, mm-hmm. this was very long con focused. Oh, sure. It could have easily been the long con podcast. Yeah, I mean, our, our, em- our emblem to represent the cast on SoundCloud is Longcon Wax Seal, you know, so. And this will always be an advertisement yeah. for the Longcon. That's the, what? the hidden th- truth or whatever you want to say. The Longcon presents the No Class podcast. Pretty much, yeah. But, yeah, it, but that's, you got to figure, yeah, I mean, if, if, if it wasn't for the Longcon, there wouldn't be this podcast. I'll just say that. But think about when the show was like, 30 minutes long when we started mm-hmm. and 10 minutes at least was talk about the long con. Sure. So people were like, would you get to something I want to hear? Yeah. yeah. So part of his point was like, I wasn't ever going to come to the long con. Mm-hmm. So why it, does this podcast appeal to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily we've diversified our format. I guess. We've evolved. Oh my. It's evolution. Yeah. Transhumanism. So from the, point that he made i guess mm-hmm. we have come a long way baby uh-huh. should we do a new number one kind of like it the comic books always rebrand themselves and sell you another number one yeah should we do the new number one that's a crazy yeah that's kind of segues into what i was saying before that yeah if someone listened to our first five they might not keep going and i think they would that'd be a shame because you know we were kind of finding our way you know baby steps with the first I don't know how many of the original ones, but yeah, you know, I mean, uh, uh, now that we've kind of hit our stride, maybe, if that's the right nomenclature or whatever, but yeah. No, but that's think, not a bad idea. Yeah, you can pretty much say that with all podcasts and maybe all forms of art. Yeah. Like the pilot episode of your favorite show might not have been that great, or I've the never first been. album of your favorite band puts out might not be their, their instant classic. Yeah. No, it's that. I mean, I know people that absolutely adore The Office, and I'm sure it's great, but I can't get past the pilot. And I'm that guy that, you know, like you have your quirks, I have to watch things in order. Don't ask me why. People, even with uh, critical whatever, they're like, oh, well, if you don't like the first one, go about five, six deep. I'm like, I, I can't do that. I, that's my, one of my quirks. Like, you're a completionist. To me, it, I got to watch you something. You got to start at the beginning. Like, if somebody tried to hand me the third book of, Lord of the Rings. John Carter, Warlord of Mars. And they're like, well, they all stand alone. Yeah, but no, I want to read the first one first. Well, I don't have that. Well, well, the, you know what? Another yeah. good example of that is Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah. Because isn't it the first season? First season's meh. Exactly. You know? But once they hit their stride and really decided how they wanted to play Leslie, oh, man, I love this. You know, I go back and watch it periodically because it's like comfort food, you know, if, if shows the analogy. Yeah. Right. So... What do you folks out there in listening land think? Should we do a new number one? I don't think we'll restart our numbering system, but it might be no. just like, hey, this is the point of entry. This is listen first sort of thing. Yeah, because, yeah, now that you think about it, you're like, oh, man, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I like it. I wonder what what you people think. All right, here's another one for you and for the audience. Mm-hmm. We're not too far away from number episode number fifty because this is number thirty-eight. Oh. So what should we do for episode fifty? I think we've had some special guests on the landmark. Yeah. Or but who would we get as a special guest? I don't know. Or we could we could put it on YouTube and maybe have a little video or something for once. Oh, well, you're going to come into one of my other ideas. Oh, because, but then the thing, when they see how hideous we are, they'll scare them away. <laughs> I think we could put it on YouTube with no actual video. Maybe I just steal images that, what do you call it? Yeah. Kind of drift in and drift out or whatever. And it'd probably be the logo because that's all we do. Yeah. We pimp that logo everywhere we go. What? When we walk around, that's mm-hmm. the tracks you see of our footprints. They're just long on logos. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like all my pictures in Italy, or half my pictures in Italy, and all my pictures when I went to Florida recently, I've got a long con hat on, a long con shirt on, you know, long con flip-flops, uh-huh. Shame-filled self-promoters. Shameless. Shame-filled. I hate self-promotion. I love it. I'm kidding. Do you? I really don't have an opinion one way or the other. It's almost, I don't want to say like begging, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like that if you had to walk up to somebody and go like, hey, I could really use five dollars right now or whatever like i need to get some gas in my car i'm completely broke or something it's kind of like <laughs> would you like to come to my con would you like to listen to my podcast let me impose well, upon you let me tell you dear listener and eddie as many times i've worn this hat and my shirt i have not once had anyone come and go oh the long con would you tell me about that <laughs> so i mean i think maybe know. once in the history of things or somebody will be like hey that's a cool shirt and then you, know, you can give him the spiel. Well, I had a guy that, yeah, he liked the wax seal. And he's like, oh, the wax seal, that looks pretty cool. But he didn't follow through with like, so what is the long con? And I didn't, you know, offer up. So, But I did get one like, oh, that's a cool wax seal or whatever. You know? So back to episode 50. Yeah. If we had somebody mm-hmm. who I would say, my guess is who we would, well, go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you what my, what I would have guessed after the fact, just off the top of your head. What would you say? That I think you're going to say, or who would you want? Who would I want in the grand scheme of gaming? And I'll see if we're anywhere near each other because I got mine written down, so I'm not cheating, folks. This is killing me because, as usual, you flat foot me. Um, okay, I'll give you one of mine. Okay, Reed Sanfilippo. Oh, yeah, see, that'd be cool. I've you know, I and want that, a game with Reed Sanfilippo that hopefully will lead you to your next one. Mm-hmm. Beatty again. Okay, which Beatty's a cool guy, um, and a ton of fun to game with, and just an all-around hell of a nice fella. Um, we've already gamed with Brendan LaSalle, um, and we had him on a podcast, and you asked some brilliant questions that I sadly slept through. <laughs> Dear listener, I, I'm too old for Midnight Madness games at the con. Um, tell me another one of your other ones. Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. Well, see, duh. Yeah. So duh. people. Duh, that, indeed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because here, because that's the deal. Is like, why did we want to have Beatty on? Because we had played his product, were impressed with it, and thought, man, it'd be cool to, you know, have a conversation with him. And he's generally just a cool dude. No, absolutely. And, uh, and Brendan, he's really awesome. Brendan was so nice when he came, and I'd love to have either one of them back to the con or whatever. Uh, but no, Mike Evans seems like a really neat guy, and I like, the, like you know, if, if anybody's listening to this, you know I've gushed about Ubris, his product that would be good to use with any system or anything. It's just a really neat piece of gaming paraphernalia. Just uh, Mike seems like a neat guy. And again, Reed, I don't know much about Reed, but I really love what he did with America, 
and he just I've seen pictures. He seems like a really eccentric kind of kind of neat guy. But see, I love that because I could tell y'all stories about anyway. Yeah, I, I like some eccentric people. So well, just for the long con, I've been really kicking over the idea or whatever. Like, could we sponsor? Reed and or Mike Evans to come to one of them in the near future. Now, they're pretty far flung. So, but I guess if we're, if we're paying for it, you know, thing about it is like I was telling some the other day, we've barely ever broke even. I think the one, thanks COVID, the one long con right before COVID hit, we actually made a few pennies for once and, uh, and then thanks COVID, you know, but so we really don't have that deep. I mean, we'd have to dig into our own pockets, but if we want them bad enough, I guess we would, you know, skip some McDonald burgers or something. But that's, that's like for us, like NTRPG is kind of Doug's party. Oh, pretty and you're much. lucky enough to be invited to it. Yeah, yeah. If there's somebody that we really were like, I want to meet this guy or I want to hang mm. out with this guy. And if we, Pay for his weekend. Yeah, we can make it happen. So it's something yeah. for us to think about. No, that's you got. Yeah, I mean that's a neat thought. That's neat. Yeah, but we're kind of some indie guys. We support those indies. It's not like yeah. oh well, you can't get. I don't know Chris Perkins or yeah. I can't even think of the Critical Role guys. Yeah, or even uh, Kurt Gould uh, that we've had beers with at NTRPG. He's from Watsy, and he's in their D&D division. He's a cool guy, you know. But there's some guests that we couldn't get. We won't, you know, obviously, we don't have yeah. to BS you because you're like, yeah, you guys are not in we line to. We don't have the, I don't know what you call it, muscles. Access. Or, yeah, or whatever. We're, we're, that, that's beyond our pay grade or whatever, you know. And so... Is it like, well, you really don't want to talk to those guys? That's not like your high hope because it's the impossible dream, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yeah, you're indie guys, so you can talk to indie people. But mm -hmm. I like to think in our heart of hearts, mm -hmm. that is who we really are and who we would want to talk to. Well, no, and that's that's the crazy thing was people had recommended you should have this or that one as a special guest. And we're like, man, we're not Wheaton. Yeah. Anyway, but, uh, but we were like, no, 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 because I, I could care less about hanging out with gaming talking with some of these people and some of them I just don't know them I know I'm in gaming but I'm the old dog and I don't know who cool cat McSnickle snack is or whatever who's the hot new thing in gaming on the internet or whatever like uh, Phoenix Satine or whatever I'm, I'm aware of her and I'm sure she's a wonderful person but it's for us when we at one point said hey man because call it be crazy, but I reached out to Brendan one time and said, hey, is there any way you could come to our con? And I thought he's going to go, ah, oh, your little podunk con, whatever. And I just forgot about it. And like some months later, I got an email going, well, I talked to the big boss, you know, the dark master. And yep, I've been given the, the go ahead. And I just sat there for a second and blinked and read it and reread it. And then it finally soaked in that, holy crap. Brendan, and I called Eddie up and I was like, dude, dude, you know, we got LaSalle. And we danced around. Yeah. And so then we're like, well, if we're, we can get LaSalle, shit, dream a little dream. And next thing you know. Yeah, we got David Beatty. We got David Beatty. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I totally think we could probably get one of those guys to come. But I know when I've talked to Reed about, say, coming into RPG, I, you know, because I figured we're, he, he was like, man, that's a long drive from he had Wisconsin or something so mm -hmm. I was like yeah I don't I don't blame him. I mean he didn't besmirch NTRPG but he was just like you know I mean and it was almost kind of like if it was one of these ones where he would get more exposure it might would be worth the time trouble hassle and all that kind of stuff but anyway so that's all I'm saying I mean yeah. we kind of have to see 
who who would you, the audience, want yeah, to hear yeah. from? Again, feedback. And is it somebody that we would want to talk to or that we could talk to? Well, we can talk to anyone. No, we can't. <laughs> they won't answer the phone for us. Well, I mean, yeah. They're, they're, our people will call your people. And then the other thing is it's a lot more convenient if we catch them at the con or person-to-person because this is a better person-to-person thing. Oh, sure. I think our uh, interview with Beatty mm-hmm. was fantastic. Even though it was on Anchor. But we'd yeah. already had we'd already met him in person and had a few beers and had a good rapport built up. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's just very affable and, you know, all shucks. Because I think of the people that we could get, maybe James Ward. Oh, yeah. Would yeah. be like the big get where oh, yeah. it's old school. So we would be like, oh, oh yeah, I do want to talk be, to you. That would be cool. And we can get access. I like Mr. Ward. That's the access we can get. We had the pleasure of gaming with him. And also when he was still coming into RPG, probably the last time I approached him about autographing a book, man, he was so nice and so approachable, literally and metaphorically. And, and, uh, signed my book and told me some neat stories about the product and its development. And just, it was one of those moments. Well, I mean, it's, it sticks with me even now, you know, I'm getting a little misty over here. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That would be cool if we could get Ward. But we'd have to end up probably doing that over anchor or something like that and how technologically savvy is he well, and we've how talk, much we've talked about going back to wisconsin though and maybe that if would we be nice said to him mr ward while we're there could we please have an interview you know and and then the other thing cool. is how much do you guys even care about interviews because yeah. this is not an interview show this is well, the matt and eddie show yeah and honestly it's sad to say some of, if this is some of our listening bases younger they might be like james who you know but do your research mr ward is one of those real early on movers like basically he produced the very first science fiction role-playing game ever if that doesn't have some gravitas uh well you know yeah so if you want us to talk to youtube's jake paul or something sorry who exactly we're not yeah. doing there's just certain people that hold no interest for us yeah. and even though and don't get me wrong we're, i'm not trying to belittle these people uh, matt mercer is probably a hell of a guy and he's done a lot to, to, to uh, further the hobby you further the hobby but uh, no, i don't really know Right. Just like some of the younger viewers might be like, I wouldn't care to talk to James Ward at all. Yeah. Just because he doesn't, it doesn't have that, it it wasn't of your childhood or your early play experience or shape your gaming the way that Matt Mercer does. And you'd be like, I'd cut off my arm to talk to you. You might, but I wouldn't. And would you listen to an interview with Matt Mercer? I probably wouldn't. That wouldn't be something I'd go out of my way to find. I think. So it has to be something we can do and something we would be interested in doing. He did one with, um, oh, he took over David Letterman's job, um, comedian out of the Carolinas. Oh, Colbert. Colbert did a a thing with Mercer, kind of a little, not even necessarily interview, but the two of them cutting up and goofing around. And yeah, Mercer seemed like a really nice guy, and I watched it for a minute. See, I'd do an interview with Colbert. Yes, I like, I like Colbert. I like him in spite of himself. <laughs> and, I mean, as far as, like, oh, you old grandpas, yeah. I mean, Reed Sanfilippo and Mike Evans, they're doing game stuff today. Today, yeah. They're not doing old stuff. So, I mean, we and have. check their stuff out. It's good stuff. Yep. Uh, what is it? America? Yeah, American or American, yeah. So, yeah, check that out. We highly recommend those guys. We enjoy yeah. their stuff a lot. Yeah, and that's who we would want to talk to, the people that we enjoy their stuff a lot. Yeah. And not that we don't enjoy Critical Role. We're not trying to poop on them. That's just, it's not something that we've gotten into as grumpy old men. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Am I supposed to? 
there's supposed to be no awkward silences because oh, of Matt well, as right. I'm looking down to find out what the next thing I'm talking about well, is. Well, it's, it's hilarious because normally it's like you feed me something and I expound upon it. So we're going a little, a little different today, which I kind of like. Um, so, yeah. Oh, uh, just to beat the long con to death a little bit more right here. Because mm -hmm. uh, I know we were talking about it. I was talking about it with our new friend from California. Mm -hmm. And it's like, would you come? Because he's like, I wouldn't come to the long con. Mm -hmm. And I would think nine out of ten people that have to really travel any distance wouldn't. Right. Because why would you? Yeah, but we, uh, what about our old buddy out of, uh, we used to have our friends out of Arkansas. They drove a little ways. I mean, it's not the other side of the country, but, you know. Well, we had special guests who drove from Wisconsin this time. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, the thing is. Oh, quick plug. Chris Clark, Inner City. Uh, games games or whatever redux yeah it's it's out yeah, i think the kickstarter is still going maybe or just finished yeah but it's pretty close to being pretty done close. if it's not but yeah it, it's, it's funded it's really neat though it's got a real history to it as a game and if you've ever wanted to do some gaming where you're like basically grand theft auto but role playing at a table or playing the cops that are chasing after them Boom. And Chris Clark is somebody that would be a fantastic interview, too. That's a thought. Yeah, I like Chris is just a really nice guy. And he's we had a talk around the fire pit at uh, the last con. Just really nice guy. Very approachable. Yeah, super good guy. Anyway, carry on, sir. Okay, so the long con. This yeah. is, it's kind of like, why are you listening to this <laughs> podcast coming out of Longview, <laughs> Texas? But if we've got you this far, mm -hmm. contemplate on it. Wherever you are in the sound of my voice, that you could come to the long con and you go, why? I might travel for Gen Con, but I ain't traveling for no long con. Mm -hmm. Well, the long con is almost the opposite of Gen Con mm -hmm. when it comes to the hustle and bustle. If you want to go and cosplay somewhere, mm -hmm. if you want to run around and see and be seen and that sort of thing, go to Gen Con, sure. have a great time. I have no hard feelings. Mm -hmm. But if you just want to game for a weekend, mm -hmm. I, don't think game. I don't think you're going to find any better gaming than mm -hmm. you will at the Long Con. And that's not to say we're fantastic. It's just, I don't know, the great equalization of man or what have you. Mm -hmm. It's about the games, man. Well, a lot of the people that run games at our con, they're people I've actually gamed with before. They're passionate about gaming. And they've mastered, many of them, the art of gaming. And they're not doing it for a badge. They're not yeah. doing it for a hotel room. They're not doing it to show off and go, you get a free t -shirt I've got or something. 50 road crew games or something. Not that there's anything against road crew. That's just the first yeah. example that came to the top of my head. Yeah. How but, I mean, dare you, sir? It's not, it's not for outside benefit. Yeah. It's for the love of the game. The love of the game. And we always talk about what? The love of the game. Why do we do this? The love of the game. A lot of the people, and you make a good point, that run at Archons genuinely love the game. And they've a lot of and them have. Nine out of ten people running at Gen Con are probably mm -hmm. doing it for the love of the game. But sometimes you kind of get screwed in the spot. Mm -hmm. And you're like, eh, this guy really phoned it in because he wanted to hit his five games for the weekend. So you get the free hotel room or this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So I've had. Many of our special guests say that they have never seen a con that is as focused on games as we are. Mm -hmm. We've, I mean, I, I'm so it's just not my nature to toot my own horn or, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, we got some serious, serious accolades from Beatty and particularly Brendan, who's been to a ton of cons. That's what I was going to say. That guy is like, I mean, he's a professional 
con game runner for a Goodman Games. He's been to an obscene amount of cons in other countries and here. And I mean, I don't want to talk out of school, but on the sly, he told us like, I mean, yeah, he put us like in the top five or something. And I was humbled, flummoxed, boggled. I couldn't believe it, you know. Yeah. But anyway. So people are there for the game. So like I said, this is definitely a place there's not the hustle and bustle. Mm-hmm. It's like going to Vegas for a convention or something. Why would you go there where there's everybody when you can go to the small town and that's what you're going to get for a weekend. Mm-hmm. You're going to get jam-packed with games. And if we can get Robert back, he always runs some really diverse, interesting kind of games. Like, Because that's me. If you ever talk about why I go to Conwell, one reason, like I want to check out Numenaria. I've never played it. I'd like to try it out. You're not, there's probably no one in your local neighborhood running in an area, but you can go to a con and probably find, at least at our con, like Robert O, he runs something new and different and interesting, seems like every year. Like I said, he's like a renaissance man of gaming, you know. But anyway. But going back to something that Brendan LaSalle told us while he was there, he was like, you guys have a much better vending area than you have any right to. <laughs> so we do. We get yeah. good, a good amount of vendors too. Mm-hmm. That's what and we're you're about. Not elbow to elbow. I've seen pictures mm-hmm. of some of these bigger cons that their vending room or area, you're, it's this crush of humanity. And, you know, that would make my skin crawl being all elbow to elbow with a bunch of, you know, no, no, no. But our vendors too go to the big shows. I mean, we've got people that set up here that have set up at Gen Con. Who are our vendors this year at Long Con? Or in spring, this spring, I mean. Way to catch people flat-footed, indeed. Uh-huh. We've got Game Night Games, uh-huh. which is uh, 3D printing. Mm-hmm. We've got... New Comet. And we've got our good friend David Donahoe. Etten Games. So that's it so far so for Long oh, Spring. No. What, you forget about... Uh, she didn't call herself Crystal Elf anymore. What is she these days? Oh, okay. Yeah. I assume she's coming, oh, but I haven't right. got money in my hand yet. Oh, that's right. Oops, I'm giving and free press. Probably uh, Durthan's Dice Bags. Oh, yeah. I think he just said he got the time off. That's right. So and we'll, Drew, have, we'll have those guys. Drew's bags are phenomenal. I hope his wife comes back with those cupcakes. They were delicious. Mm-hmm. But anyway. But we have Frog God a lot of times. Yeah, Frog and God. Frog God does set up at Gen Con and other big conventions. Mm-hmm. Very nice guys. Great bunch of guys. And we've had people tell us that they go to the bigger conventions and make more money here. Mm-hmm. Because there's too much competition. Our folks are uh, concentrated on the games. Mm-hmm. There's nobody cosplaying and dancing around in the hallways. Everybody's in a game. They're getting, they're taking care of their business. Yeah. And then they want to buy gaming accessories and game stuff and mm-hmm. books. Well, another thing was we have a designated time in between games for you to be able to get food or interact with the vendors. I've been to cons where the way the game schedule played out, there was no time to interact with the vendors. And I'm like, well, I feel bad for the vendors, and I'm a little frustrated because I like to pour over the stuff and find those little diamonds in the rough and whatnot, you know. So, yeah. So, yeah, not every one of our vendors has always had an amazing time raking in the cash. Yeah. But if you're selling game stuff, mm-hmm. you do good. If you're trying to sell auto parts, <laughs> something like that, you might be, a, this might not be your audience. You think he's joking, but not entirely. Uh, anyway, it's people have like, I want to be a vendor at your RPG gaming convention. Okay. You're selling what? Uh, okay. We'll take your money. We will take your money. Yeah. 
we're a struggling little con, but. And we'll convert it into goodies for our attendees. Yeah. Well, that's one reason why we never made any money, because anytime we have made a penny, we put it right back into goodies. We love to give stuff and away. And we don't want to make money. No, no. Good it's not just like some people go like, you guys are idiots. You're the worst <laughs> businessmen. You're supposed to make money at this. No, we're not. If we I wanted know. to make money, then we'd be a Comic-Con or a pop culture con, and yeah. we would have the cosplay kids dancing through the hallways. Mm -hmm. We are, we're focused on the gaming. Yeah. And in turn, that reflects, and our attendees are focused on the gaming, and it's about a weekend of games. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this was not too much of a long con advertisement. Oh, yeah, we have kind of rambled a bit. Because it's not, this whole thing wasn't, I hope. It was a lot of trying to get your feedback. Yeah, yeah, we want your, your feedback. Interest, and thank you guys for listening. Whenever we yeah. hear from you, we're oh, always man. impressed. And Makes our day. We do the happy dance. Yeah, absolutely. And just to toot our horns way too much <laughs> or overinflate our importance, mm -hmm. this is something I like to do. So that you do feel like you're sitting at the table with us. Yeah. You always have some friends that you can tune into, no matter how bad your day is going or how right. boring your drive is. Mm -hmm. There's two idiots at a table in Texas <laughs> that will do their best to tell you some stupid jokes. Crack on each other. Yeah. You know. And make you laugh and get you exactly. through your day or your drive or what have you. Yeah. It's like you're sitting at the other tables here at the dining room table. And just like me, chairs. you can't get a word in with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've had all kind of words today, sir. Oh, my. I'm getting used to doing the podcast on my own. <laughs> well, how was your day, Eddie? Well, Eddie, you know. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now we're going to go into the categories of dun, pop culture, dun, dun. unless you've got anything else you want to talk about. No, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm primed. Okay. We're going to start off with books. And we're going to start off with a book that both of us have read, so we're coming well, to the table with something to talk about. Well, technically, this isn't about. a book. This is a comic book. It's in the books category. We really? do books and comics together. I know, I know. Well, do you have a book you want to talk no, about first? No, I'm giving then? you a hard time because when I've jumped within a category, you're like, we were doing TVs. Why did you mention that movie? Well, it's a TV movie. Uh, 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 I was confused anyway. Uh, okay. This is when we need a video cast for that disapproving head shake that I'm giving you. I know, I know. They, they can feel it. It comes across. So as you listeners already know, and Matt maybe not even so much, he's got, I have now handed him the game Mortal Shell. Yep, I have it right here in my hot little hand. So you've probably already heard me talk about it, mm -hmm. and I've told Matt what he needs to do with the buggy situation with save games. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll get his feedback Good for the tip. next one, and we'll have something very interesting to talk about. But Absolutely. I recommend the game, so I think you'll have fun with it. Cool. Now, for something else that we've actually got together and done, we read the comic, or at least parts of the comic, Transmetropolitan. Mm -hmm. A comic by Warren Ellis and Derek Robertson. And it was the Helix imprint originally, which is DC Comics, but eventually they folded into um, Vertigo. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a little bit of back stuff there. It was started in 1997. It ended in 2002. It had a 60-issue run. Um, it's, as far as what genre, it's cyberpunk, transhumanist, and very dystopian would you not agree it's with an that? interesting work uh, interesting week for cyberpunk then yeah yeah um it, it's the adventures of spider jerusalem infamous renegade gonzo journalist um yeah so gonzo journalist yeah mm. we well, noticed he's he's like bald-headed and smokes a lot you know anybody else who was described as a gonzo journalist who was bald-headed and smoked a lot so i think it's hunter s thompson the in, in the in, in the post book. yeah dystopian or whatever like so how far did you get? Well, I'm going to tell myself, we, ha ha, we had talked about just reading a few issues or whatever. Yeah, we weren't going to try and finish this 60-year issue series yeah. or what have you. I, I went a little crazy. I went eight issues deep because so, I was enjoying it. And I think I went about 
three. Mm-hmm. There's one arc at the beginning mm-hmm. where they go into that, I don't know, slum town or whatever Angels you call eight. it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And he runs into the guy that he used to know that was heading up this, I don't know, you want to call it political movement? Yeah. Where they're, they're uh, changing their metabolism from human to alien. So, or their their genetics or whatever. So yeah. that short little arc wrapped up. So I think that was maybe three to four. Yeah, it was like three issues for that little initial arc. Yeah. I don't like it. Obviously, you said you got to eight and you're liking it. Uh-huh. I don't like it. I couldn't read it. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Now, Hunter S. Thompson, mm-hmm. big fan. Yeah, me Really too. like reading his books. Oh, yeah. I where like the, the movies Rome. where the Buffalo Roam yeah. and Fear and Loathing. Oh, yeah. Bad country. Yeah, bad country is bad country. But Transmetro is too mantic and frantic for me. It's, okay. I, it's all over something, the place. Yeah, it's got a weird frenetic energy uh-huh. that I don't know. It, hmm, it feels like I'm on drugs. Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe that's something that was part of the writing, was trying to make you feel like, you know, because he's, cause again, like Hunter S. Thompson, he's, he's on all these different drugs. and He's out of his mind. It's definitely yeah. supposed to be. Hunter S. Thompson in the future. Right, pretty much. Yeah. With all the drugs. Mm-hmm. All the drugs and the smoking and all over the place and passionate, but, you know, yet a real bastard, which Thompson was supposed to have been a real bastard in real life, you know. But uh, but does he, come a, yeah. does he come across as a bastard in his books and movies? No, not so much. Whereas yeah. Spider-Jerusalem, yeah. Ugh, yeah. what an arrogant... Just, he's an ass. He's, he's an, an unlikable ass. protagonist to me. Oh, you know, he's, he's, he is. Like, I'm rooting for Hunter S. Thompson. Right, he's right. doing all kinds of yeah. illegal, immoral stuff. But yeah. I'm, I'm still rooting for him to win. Yeah. Spider, yeah. Uh, he's just so cocky but, and but entitled. And oh, yeah. Mary Sue, sort of. But I, I'll say this is that um, even I, the, the first initial issues, I was like, well, this is okay. But for this to have been so popular and have such a, you're more of a comic guy. And you've said, oh, this is one of those ones that everyone's yeah, on everyone's list. So it's kind of like where you've had to talk to me about, because I'll give out after a couple episodes of something. Oh, man, go a little farther. Or you go, man, I'm lucky. I'm a completionist. Luckily, I've kind of muscled through. Well, I'm telling you, as I've went along, for the most part, I've enjoyed it. And it's kind of, it, it, it's hits and miss. Is it getting better? I will say yes, but I will say you knew this was written in the 90s because you can't write a comic in the 90s without bashing religion at some point. It seems like I worked in a a comic book store in the early mid-90s, and I read a lot of indie topics then. And, of course, every one of them had to, you know, knock religion or something, you know, whatever. But anyway, um, they had one episode where, of course, Spider-Jerusalem takes on this one part of town that's like religious part of town and he's kicking people's stuff over and slapping them in the face or whatever. But so I was like, Ugh. but there was one episode, one issue, number five, where he watches television all day. Mm-hmm. It was a hoot. And it's funny that was done. Think about before the Rick and Morty episode where they're watching you know, TV for the cable. Yeah. And so I kind of could draw some parallels and I almost wonder, you know, nothing's truly original. And then, so that one was pretty good. But I tell you when it really kind of like, oh, like got you really think mm. it was kind of deep. Number eight, where it's like a frozen brain. Because you know, there are people out there right now that their brains are frozen on nitrogen. And that with the hope that in some future there'll be some cure for whatever ailment they have. Well, you've never really stopped to think about that, have you? Like, well, what happens when they get woke up 100 years from now and the world has changed 
dramatically. Yeah, and all your loved ones are dead. Yeah. And why would they bother to wake you up? Yeah. So in this case, they bother to wake the person up, but then it's like, well, you have no money, you have no means, yeah. you have no family. And it was a really neat episode because uh, issue because it got me thinking. And you see how this plays out for the person. It was really thought provoking. Yeah, check that check one. Out. Check that one. Number eight. If you don't read anything else, read number eight. Well, I hope this isn't a spoiler, uh -huh. but it's been said before. It's like, well, if you were cryogenically frozen, mm -hmm. why would they thaw you out? Probably yeah. for slave labor. Yeah. Why, yeah. I mean, why else would they waste any resources on you? Because you have nothing. You're pretty much a nobody. Nobody's going to miss you. Right. So they could just press you into service and make you do whatever. Wow. That's a creepy thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, those are some deep thoughts. Watch out, listeners. Yeah. Cremation. <laughs> One day. Don't freeze yourself, burn yourself. That's right. That's right. Freeze dried. Anyway, like coffee. All right. But anyway, yeah, so that's so you got two very different opinions on Transmetropolitan. Well, I don't think I have to establish my indie cred. Oh, no. Because there are, like, Sandman and The Max, and there's lots of small press stuff or smaller press stuff that I like. Oh, yeah. But... I'll turn around and go, I've been keeping up with Thor, Iron Man, and the Immortal Hulk, mm -hmm. which are, you know, the big books of the big major publisher, but they're mm -hmm. all pretty good right now. Cool. And uh, Throg, the Frog Thor, do you remember uh, that yeah. back in the day? Uh -huh. Well, he's like in the multiverse of Thors. Mm -hmm. He was in there, him and, you know, the dog Lockjaw yeah, from yeah. the humans. Yeah, they're oh, yeah. fighting the insane Donald Blake. Uh -huh. who's kind of got like super Thor powers. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really good issue right there. So I'm always down when Throg shows up. Yeah, and, and I like Lockjaw. He was one of those uh, little bit of nostalgia from my childhood as far as characters. I liked old Lockjaw because it seemed like he clamped down. of the pond, yeah, yeah for yeah. Throg. But yeah, yeah. Lockjaw teleporting everywhere. Mm -hmm. I remember like he bit down on somebody's arm and then teleported or something one time. And Oh, yeah, he's, he's a cool character. Here's something that you might have read some of, too, The Walking Dead. I have not read. Well, that'd be a lot. Actually, I have read some of their comics online. I have, absolutely. Just to see the differences between the comic and the show. So you've been reading that? Uh, I think I might have read the first ten or so. Mm -hmm. And that's another one that I couldn't get into. Yeah. Maybe if I'd read the comic before the show... But mm -hmm. so much of the show is already ingrained in my head. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, here's this character. And you're like, oh, I hate that character. Well, I hate how they took a lot of the best lines from a number of really cool characters and gave them all to Daryl. And there is no Daryl in the comic. There's no Daryl in the comic. So and you're so, not like, yay, Daryl yeah, showed up. Yeah. So, anyway. And there's a lot. I think the cast transition is a lot faster. Like, oh, okay, this guy was here and he died in one issue. And then, bang, here's four more names to learn. And they're dead. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. There's a lot more turnover, and the plot moves a lot faster than the show, hmm. because just what I read in that first several issues, you're like, that's like two and a half seasons or something. Mm -hmm. They're covering a lot of ground. Oh yeah. But it was good. But some, I mean, I already have like a Walking Dead aversion. Uh -huh. It's kind of played out. It's almost like Star Wars to me. You'd have mm -hmm. to twist my arm. There's good. There's new good Star Wars stuff out there. But you really have to force it on me to get me to watch it or whatever now. Yeah, that was the thing with um, getting me to watch that the train to Bazan or whatever. Uh, because I'm thinking, man, the whole zombie thing's played out. And it wasn't 
like, oh, how they turned the whole thing on its It's groundbreaking. It's a zombie outbreak on a train. And I'm like, eh, okay, it's a little different, but it's not, you know, it's still a zombie outbreak. But And in the great zombie vampire debate, I'm definitely a vampire guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me? Yeah. I have no opinion. Duh. Disgusting. Whatever, Switzerland. You're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. Yeah. The point is, I mean... I think the whole the vampires thing got played out too. Kind it did, of. yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. So if this was 1990, uh-huh. I'd be like, let's watch a, a, a zombie show. Yeah. But it's just the rotation well, of things. But was, if I had to choose, I would rather have vampire media instead of zombie media. So like, that's more appealing. So to you're me. like a big Twilight guy. You're mm-hmm. like your glittery vampires. I could see that. I was down yeah. with all the uh, interview with vampire, vampire Lestat, oh, Anne yeah. Rice stuff back in the day. So vampire, the role playing game. Yeah. Were you freaked out like everybody else when they first cast Tom Cruise? No. Yeah. He did a great job. Yeah. I mean, he, he blew some people's minds. I think the bigger thing might've been Brad Pitt just cause I think, and I'm not, tracking Brad Pitt's career. But I think that was like one of his big breakout roles. I think it was. But people on Reddit were talking about like, who's a star that, uh, like what movie changed your opinion? I had no opinion about Brad Pitt. I just thought he was just some pretty boy that'd be a flash in the pan. It was kind of like, here's this nobody with Tom Cruise. It's like, I think Tom Cruise is going to nail it, but I don't know who this guy is. I wasn't hating on it. Fight Club is where I was like, okay, Brad Brad Pitt's cool. You know, that was where I warmed up to Brad Pitt. Oh, I liked him with the interview. Yeah, he wasn't bad. Louis, Louis, always whining. <laughs> Such a great line. Yeah, yeah. No, Tom Cruise was phenomenal in that. Okay, as we work our way between yeah. pop cultures here, Woof. Yeah. do you have any more books, comic books, et cetera? Because I'm about to straddle the line here. Oh, my. You're a straddler. Um, no, that's it. Okay, for comics, do you remember the TV show, show Cold Jack? The Night Stalker. Oh, yeah, man. So just stumbling through this uh, little repository of comics, mm-hmm. I noticed that they did have Colchat, the Night Stalker. Yeah, that was a comic. So do you remember? This is probably a 2000-something comic. Because I, I, I think Colchat was the 70s. About, yeah, that was the early 70s. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the TV show. I think, yeah, early, mid, Maybe whatever. Anyway. But I know it was in the 70s because I remember watching it on like the late, late show. Years later or whatever. But, but I yeah. think there were two movies and a mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. So do you remember the original movie, He's Tracking Down a Vampire? I believe so, yeah. In Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that's the one they turned into a comic. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, yeah, check it out. It was a novel originally. Mm-hmm. Really? That might, yeah, that might be wow. an interesting thing to go back and read, too. Mm-hmm. But I discovered uh, Colchat in the 2000s, uh-huh. well after Mm-hmm. And it's Darren McGavin. Yeah, I was going to say. Which is the dad from Christmas Story. And was also the dad in Billy Madison, I think. Yeah. 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 have to remember, because those are Happy, Madi- Happy Madison. Yeah. That is pretty much it right there. Yeah, pretty One much. of those two movies. Yeah. But talking about that, he is the reporter, Carl Colchat, which is always stumbling into one problem after another. Mm. His editor's always fed up with him. It's like, we can't publish this. And it's one of the major influences on the X Factor or X Files, should I say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Do you remember the show from back in the day? Have you seen it recently? I haven't seen it recently. It's kind of like so many things that, that recently I've went back to these things from my childhood that I have such nostalgia for, and I see them and go, ugh, you know. So, no, I probably don't want to see it because I have fond memories of it, but that's from a long time ago. So the comic was pretty good, but like I said, it just recreates the original movie. Uh-huh. But I would definitely say go check them out. Yeah. I really enjoy it. As a matter of fact, my whole family does. Really? Awesome. Even my young teenage at the time I think or younger son mm-hmm. even he liked it it's very monster of the week mm-hmm. yeah. so you can watch one episode and go about your business you don't have to sit down and binge watch the whole thing but nah, I really really that's one of those shows I like and, I and liked, this comic gave me an excuse to talk about it yeah I liked him as the, the, the reporter I liked his character and how he played him he's very likable I would think yeah okay whatever well he's it's, you know, it's cold check you know he, he's definitely about getting to the truth, uh-huh. regardless of whom it hurts. Like, you know, we shouldn't tell people this. They'll panic. No, the truth should be told. Yeah, the truth is out there. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's always running afoul of the officials who are like, maybe we shouldn't tell the town there's a vampire on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> you see how they did with one virus. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay. TV shows. Make the full transition now. You got any TV to talk TV about? TV shows. So it's funny. I think the, it shows you, gosh, it has been a month. The last time we were talking the podcast, I was kind of poo-pooing a number of uh, things. And one of the things I think I poo-pooed kind of was Deadwood. Well, the, the irony, folks, the irony. A few days later, my wife is like, hey, while we have HBO Plus. Um, I love Deadwood. A friend of mine, you know, uh, was saying there's this great show we should watch on HBO. I was like, what's it called? And she goes, Deadwood. And I just grinned real big. She's like, what? I said, yeah, let's watch it, you know. And yeah. And did you tell her, my friends have been trying to get me to watch it for years yeah, and years. I, I, said, I said, Eddie absolutely loves this. So that's another recommendation. And oh, yeah, it's really good. And it's funny, finally seeing that episode in the context. Well, yeah, no, when he lays into the guy and says all that just avalanche of profanity, that guy deserved every bit of it he's a jerk you know but just seeing that out of context just the one episode to just ironically stumble onto on youtube or something i'm like oh my gosh you, know, you think it's just salacious for being on hbo yeah whatever and and still i mean hbo is loving the fact that they can show boobies and use a lot of raunchy profanity and i mean uh al swearinger is such a scumbag the stuff he says and does in uh shane yeah his name. shane yeah he is a brilliant actor and he's phenomenal in that but so how gosh. far have you gotten um they've just they're coming out the other side of the plague of the uh season one season two oh, no no we're, we're still in season one okay. you know some things will devour this we're, we're, we're kind of trying to to pace ourselves a little better so and we've been i've been busy as shit you know that's why y'all haven't had a podcast for what it's worth if y'all want to go matt's held this up we hate that guy but uh but but no i i've been working like a mug you know, I've been working hard. My precious. That's right. But, yeah, Deadwood, fantastic show. I've recommended yeah. it to you for a long time. And uh, it's well, one of those, it's yeah. solid the whole way through. But, you know, HBO has done so many good things. Like we've talked about, Rome was one of the best things yep. I've ever watched yep. on TV. Let that soak in, folks. I've seen a lot of TV in 50 years, whatever. I mean, Rome for me is is way up there. And then Deadwood's really good. So, I mean, and, you know, I've never got to see it, but Boardwalk Empire, my friend Alvin just says that's just, ooh, ah, you know. I've thought about starting it, but I've seen mm-hmm. some 
like clips from it where I was like, mm -hmm. that does look pretty good, but I haven't started each either. But and I you, think it's one of those things about having HBO. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, now I've got HBO, I will start it. Or I just canceled my HBO and I didn't watch it. So. Yeah. And it's like, uh, but now I started watching The Sopranos years ago because some people went on about that back in the day when it was a, a current thing. And I enjoyed the first season or two, but typical me about the second season, I was like, all right, this is getting kind of old in the tooth, you know, kind of. I like Sopranos the whole run. Now, yeah. I mean, towards, what was it, the last sixth season or whatever, mm -hmm. there was a pretty big dip and lull in there that I think everybody would agree with. But part overall. He's, he's an ICU or whatever? No, it's yeah. after that. Oh, but wow. Even, even the ICU part is kind of, That's, you, you know, got to ride it out. I saw that, and I was just, so maybe I did watch more than just the second season, but it was like, I was like, can we get him out of ICU? This is getting really old, you know. But I stuck with Sopranos all the way through, and mm -hmm. I would have heavily recommend that one to somebody. The mm -hmm. one thing, like out of these shows that everybody wants to recommend that I wouldn't recommend, have you ever seen The Wire? Uh, no, but you have. Everybody talks about how fantastic The Wire is. It didn't do it for me. I think I made it through the first season and then they said the second season's not as good. So that might be one of those things that's like, you have to try again, give it another shot. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. The wire is the one that didn't catch for me. But I love like Breaking Bad mm -hmm. that everybody loves and oh, Better yeah. Call Saul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, Breaking Bad. That's some really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Here's one for you just uh, off of my stuff that I've been watching on Hulu. Mm -hmm. Did you ever try out The Orville? Do you have any idea what it is? Yeah, I know what it is. That's sort of a uh, Star Trek knockoff. Yeah. And a lot of people like, yeah, like it better. Than some of the things that have been done in recent years. Yeah. yeah. It's probably one of the best Star Trek things in a long time, especially not being Star Trek. And what's aggravating for people is that they've been people hooked on it and love it, and apparently Seth MacFarlane wants to step away from the project. I think the thing with that is it's so much money, kind of like Rome. You uh -huh. only got two seasons of that because it was so expensive. Right. But Rome, man, they definitely should have done a third season. Oh, they man. had to compress everything so much in the second season. Originally, I think the plan was to do it over five seasons. And, they, and when they got based, oh, we're pulling the plug on it, they had to jam everything they had planned into that second season. So if it feels, the second season is not as great rushed. as the first one. If it's a little rushed, you can't blame them. They basically tried to pack all the. It was like, we're going to finish this for you mm -hmm. or not. What's your preference? We're going to have to jam this all in or. Yeah. And so, yeah. I'm glad they did it. Oh, yeah. And I still highly recommend it too. Mm -hmm. I, so I'm also highly recommending the two seasons of the Orville mm -hmm. and it's so, like you said, kind of a Star Trek knockoff or what have mm -hmm. you. Cause it's like, Oh, there's Isaac. He's data yeah. and there's Bortus and he's Worf. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of equivalents, but Oh, and also it's supposed to be a comedy, mm -hmm. but it's not that funny. Mm -hmm. It's more like a dramedy or whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. There's some jokes here and there, but it's not a laugh supposed to be a laugh riot. Yeah. And it's not all stupid, silly, or whatever, like the airplane. Of yeah. Well, yeah, when you hear Seth MacFarlane's involved, the first thought is like, okay, it's going to be a bunch of stupid slapstick. It's going to be like airplane, but on a yeah, space cutaways. Ride. Yeah. Cutaway gags. But no. So there are some laughs, but it's definitely not like, I'm watching this just because it's going to be hilarious. Mm -hmm. No, it's actually really good. Hmm. Makes a lot of poignant points. Gives you some things to talk about. And I was talking with uh, Gary H. Mm hmm. And he said he was a big fan of the first season. I don't think he's got around to watching the second one. So I was kind of like, wow. Yeah. And I'm not a Trekkie or a Trekker. Yeah. I like them, but I've only watched probably the original series and 
most of the next generation or something like mm -hmm. that. I'm not mm -hmm. following every single thing to give you that. My yeah, point of view, the, where I'm might coming be this, from. This gushing fanboy that might be, look, you're looking through that lens that, oh, this is so great. Yeah, no. Well, that's like the thing with about me saying nice things about the, you know, the Mandalorian is the fact that I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but, you know, I enjoy the Mandalorian. I'm not saying it's the best thing since sliced bread. But, Whereas I'm resistant to watch it, even though a million people have told me how great it well, is. It's kind of on principle, probably, for you, I imagine. But, yeah. yeah. I don't want to watch it. I don't yeah. want to like it. I don't like want it. to like it. Yeah, yeah. So, Eddie's a curmudgeon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I know somewhere there's got to be at least one hardcore car. <laughs> edit this one, two, three. And I won't edit it. But I know there's some hardcore Star Wars fan listening to this. Oh, sure. And they're like, you're so wrong. But that's my opinion. I'm sticking with it that Star yeah. Wars has burned its bridges with me. Oh, sure. After all that, other than Rogue One, everything that's been done in the last, how many years has it been now? What, four or five years? Because like, I know. can't remember what the, what's the first one of The Force Awakens? Yeah, whatever. For the sequels, I guess, the prequels and the sequels? Yeah, whatever this is now. So that very first one, if I'd been by myself, because I think I was with you and mm. the in-laws, but if I'd been by myself, I would have jumped up at one point in that movie and walked, walked out, out of the theater and never yeah. come back again. I, I was upset that I spent hard-earned money on that, yeah. Rogue One was good, but that's, that's all I'm going to say. But, I mean, like I said, to each your own. You might love every bit of it. Don't, you know, I don't want you to feel um, yeah, like insulted. Like. Please, yeah, you like it, great. This is where, again, we always ask for feedback. Tell us we're wrong. Send a, a, a poignant post force us to do a mandalorian review <laughs> like you guys are wrong you know if you demand it we'll do it yeah we're which matt's already watched it so i guess this is all on me yeah if, if nothing we're whores like that you know we give the people what they want exactly except for interviews in which if we don't want to interview them we're not going to interview exactly. them sorry right, right sorry sorry not sorry all right the last tv show i got for you uh -oh. you're gonna love this one okay. is an anime food wars food wars. which in an anime you can make anything as dramatic as you want. So life or death. So mm -hmm. this one's basically Iron Chef, Hell's Kitchen sort of competition mm -hmm. with uh, high schoolers cooking. Cause, it's got to be know, high schoolers. It's got to be high schoolers. But that one was really a pretty interesting show too. I had a lot of fun with it, but it's so life or death. Mm -hmm. Like if this isn't the most delicious dish Teesh, you've ever, ever had, yeah. yeah, you'll be out of here. You'll be a failure for life. You'll be laughing stock. But pretty good show food wars mm. and that one's on netflix so i think we've got all of our sponsors in on that talking about anime so quick aside when i was uh doing a google search for bodacious to find what it's delicious uh bodacious barbecue here in uh, longview so that i could try to Another do a reason like, to come to long con just yeah to get barbecue. oh god the best the in the great state of texas which is known for its barbecue state. that's what i said that there is uh, the number four barbecue joint per Texas Monthly magazine is right here in Longview, Texas. But anyway, I was doing a Google search for Bodacious Barbecue, and I find Bodacious Space Pirates. <laughs> wow. I was, so I had to click on that because I thought it might be something fun, but now it was some sort of anime. So anyway. It could have still been fun. I'm sure it could be, but I was hoping there might be some pictures, you know. Have you ever watched Dirty Pair? 
Um, I, I'm sure I, I many times. <laughs> the anime? Oh, no, not the anime. But, you know. That was really good, and I'll leave all you uh, listeners out there curious about that. Maybe we'll bring it up somewhere down Dirty the road. Dirty pair. All right. Got any movies for us? Movies? Oh, my. And, uh, yes, this podcast is taking forever. But, I know, like I, I said, we time, haven't yeah. given you one in a month. Yeah. And we haven't sat down at the table together and chatted for a month. So. Yes, yeah, so you guys can po- uh, pause us and come back. Yep. Um, no, sir, I have no movies. I'm impressed. Yeah, well, I've been, again, I've been really busy because, you know, I've been on a BD sci-fi fantasy kick lately of which Raygun is a great streamer for all those awful, awful 80s B movies. But I've been too busy. I haven't had the time. Okay, this is one that I don't think you've seen yet that has just been kind of like on my list to watch for a long time. Mm -hmm. Captain Marvel. Oh, that's right. Captain Marvel. Have you seen it yet? Not no, but hell no. <laughs> Spicy. We don't talk politics on this podcast. Well, how was that political, Eddie? Why don't you want to see it? You were saying, so Captain okay, Marvel. I really enjoyed it. Really? Yeah, really, really good, really entertaining. I know it's, man, a, a year out. or two old. <laughs> Sell out. Hey, the, one of the reasons we don't talk politics on here, and we'll edit this out, <laughs> probably one of us is more likely to wear a red tie and one of us is more likely to wear a blue tie what? you figure out which is which yeah but if you're out there listening there's mm-hmm. at least one person you can listen to and go like i like that guy he's all right <laughs> <laughs> which might be the you know yeah, yeah. however you lean uh-huh. feel free you, you've got your option here well, and me and matt can still sit at a table together but isn't that wonderful impression this day and age we can sit at a table together and you know no one's trying to stab anybody in the eyeball or anything all right carry on good sir okay captain marvel i don't want to give you a bunch of spoilers please don't but i really enjoyed it uh, one thing is the movie is set in the 90s so it's all fun and games when there's something like uh geez what is stranger things that's mm-hmm. set in the 80s, or mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of something like that 70s show. Or like there's a movie I love called The Nice Guys based in like the 70s. It's such a cool nostalgia trip just to watch it for the, to see things from my childhood and be like, oh, I remember that hair cut or that style of clothes or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say it's all fun and games with these throwback movies until it's your childhood. Yeah. Until it's like, oh, hey, guess what? Remember, that's 30 years ago. And you're like, oh, wow. No, yeah. well, no that's not. Time's passing, folks. Well, there was a thing I posted on Facebook today about there's a website that you can click on different links to see what some of the most commonly used websites look like 10 years ago. And I thought, they haven't changed that much in 10 click. Oh, I'll be dying. Yeah, I mean, this is what, oh, I remember YouTube looked like this 10 years ago. Yeah, it's hard to believe. And then you think, well, gosh, how long has YouTube been a thing? Oh, my gosh, like 20 years or something. Like, what? You know, where does the time go? Anyway, so Captain Marvel, you enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a good experience. Yep. Lots of, it was a thrill ride and lots of laughs. Well, good. Uh, Nick Fury plays a big role in it. So if you like some Samuel L. Jackson. Who doesn't? Then you get a lot of Samuel L. Jackson to go I along like, with it, I too. like Samuel L. But it was a good story, and I'm sure they're making a second one. So I will look forward to that. Oh, if it made money, Marvel will make another and one. Speaking of that, coming out at the end of this month, be in March, is Godzilla vs. King Kong. Oh, yeah. And Daddy is ready to see that. This guy loves him some King Kong. I mean, uh, uh, Godzilla. Yeah, anybody that's rooting for King Kong, good, get out. Good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the wrong. Get out. This one, you can you can twist our arms and make us watch mm. Mandalorian, but yeah. 
No. There's a, Godzilla all the way. There, there's a, a infamous some pictures making the, the rounds on the internet probably that's uh, me and this one in our PJs uh, showing off Christmas <laughs> gifts we gave each other. And I gave him, talk about a friend that knows their friend, I got him a Godzilla bank where the little Godzilla hand comes up and grabs the quarter and it roars, the old Godzilla roar when it does, you know. So Anyway. So Yeah, that's where my money is. So hopefully that'll be a good movie and that might be the end of the legendary Godzilla series we'll see wow. which would be a little bit sad but maybe we'll get some stuff from Toho in Japan they'll put out some more Godzillas but that'd be cool we'll see break out the rubber suit well now we're finally up to video games and games dun, dun, dun. if you can believe that Immortal Shell I already gave you guys a nice long talking to about that so we'll see what Matt has to say the other big thing that I played is Cyberpunk 2077. Hey, that's really sort of popular right now, if you can get it to run on your computer or yeah, system. Yeah, exactly. So, you haven't played it yet. Are you eager to play it? I was not looking one forward bit. to it. No. Sad, sad to say, not really. Is it that it's cyberpunk? Like the setting? Like, or? I love post-apoc. Dystopian's not necessarily my jam. But, no, don't get me wrong, I love Shadowrun as a, like a, yeah, a you know. That's, that's going to come up, too. Yeah. But, did you play The Witcher 3? Have you got into it that much? I feel bad. You bought me that, and I tr I started playing a couple of different times, and as much as I enjoyed it, and it was good, at that time it wasn't scratching the itch I had. Yeah. So I think if you ever get into it, to each their own, you may never get into it, but if yeah. you ever get into it, I think that would have made you excited because Witcher 3, in my opinion, is a fantastic game, so it's like, I can't wait to see what they do next. And it's from the same company. Yeah. Kind yeah. of like uh, I love Dark Souls so much, so when they come out with Bloodborne, I was like, yay, and I love Bloodborne, too. It's the same company. But when they came out with, geez, Shikuru, Shadows Never Die, Gesundheit. something like that. That one I can't get into. That They changed up the battle system so much, it's all about the parries, mm -hmm. and I, it oh, just no. doesn't gel for me. No, dodges and parries, I mean, uh, uh, blocks and parries, forget it. But I can get some decent uh, parries in Dark Souls. Hmm. Like, there's that one Facebook video oh, that yeah. I put up where I'm just punking the last boss with parries. That was hilarious. But their parry system, the timing's a little bit different. Your mm -hmm. Dark Souls experience does not translate to where you're like, oh, I'm automatically good at this. So, yeah. Anyway, back to Cyberpunk. As you said, everyone on the internet has already killed this game. Mm -hmm. And I do not want to join the chorus of mm -hmm. naysayers because I am not a negative person. I am a positive person. I only say positive things about things. Absolutely. But I can't do it. I can't play the game in the state that it is in. Mm -hmm. So how that many sucks. bugs does a game have to have before you can write it off? Let me put it this way. It's that bad that within, what, a couple of days of release, they were offering a complete and full refund of your money. That's breathtakingly bad. I mean, the stock, the company's stock plummeted by billions of dollars or something. I mean, that level of bad. So I stopped playing it. I said, I'm not beating my head against this wall. Yeah. I think someday it will be good. Uh, I waited a few months because I was pumped up and excited to play it, mm -hmm. but there was already word of, you know, it's going to need patches and everything. Those patches haven't come yet. I'm on the PlayStation 5, mm -hmm. which should give it a little bit better oomph and kick because it's a PlayStation 4 game. Yeah. That really hasn't helped. Um, oh, and another thing the Internet has always talked about, the character creation. Have you heard this already? No, do tell. So in the character creation, mm -hmm. 
you get to choose the size of your genitals. That's an important thing. So, of course, when I think you'll appreciate this too. Whenever there's a booby scene in your game, mm-hmm. like uh, in Dark Souls, there's kind of a famous spider that's got a lady's upper body mm-hmm. as the top of that monster. Yeah. So, of course, when that booby monster comes waltzing in, that's when somebody's going to come watch you play the game and go, oh, this is what this game is all about. Yeah. Or anytime there's that one sex scene in the movie, mm-hmm. that's when somebody walks in and goes like, are you watching them dirty movies? And you're like, no, this is the, this is the one scene. This, this is the 10 second sex scene in this movie. And you walk in there. Yeah. So anyway, I'm building the character. And of course my wife walks in and she's like, are you into like computerized gay porn or something? You know? So you have the option to make your peeny mm-hmm. small, medium or large. Uh-huh. So of course I'm picking the large option. I would say every guy's going to build theirs with the smallest penis possible. And my wife goes, that's not that big. I said, I spoil you, woman. <laughs> oh, so that might be the most fun I got out of Cyberpunk 2077. There you go. But it's a shooter very much at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a shooter guy, mm-hmm. but like Fallout. Is that a shooter game? It kind of plays out that way depending on your play style. Remember last time when we played 76, you were a sneaky shooter, and I uh, was the what do you call it? Super sledge, beat him up in the face guy. Meleeist. A lot of times I was tanking while you were hiding and shooting or whatever. Yeah. That was the best. But like fallout four, I mean, you, you can just run up and punch people. And I'm sure you could do that. You could build your character that way in cyberpunk, Mm -hmm. but that's just kind of how it falls out at the beginning is you're, you're going to shoot people. So, uh, it did have some good hacking to go back to shadow run. Mm hmm. And a lot of the time when I was playing that game, I was thinking back to Shadowrun on the Sega. Mm-hmm. Sega! And I was like, they did this so well back then in the 16-bit graphics era. Mm-hmm. And it was so... It really uh, wrapped you up in that setting and made you feel like you were in this far-flung future. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think Cyberpunk did that much at all. It's really? like... How sad. You're there, but it's the veneer or the sheen or the coat of paint that's cyberpunk. Hmm. I, I don't know. It it doesn't really... Pull you and draw you in. Yeah, something yeah. about that. And I'm sure there's hmm. people that will say otherwise. But just the way that it felt to me is if you changed a few things, you could go like, this is set in medieval times. Or mm-hmm. it's a Western. Or you, you could have set this story anywhere. Yeah. So it's not something that really feels unique to that setting. Well, that's sad. That's a shame. But it does have some cool hacking, and it's got these things like you can uh, watch what other people have seen that they've filmed and go through it with different layers and analyze it. So, I mean, there's investigative stuff. So, I mean, it's good. It's got its ups, but it's definitely got its downs. Well, and it, hopefully it, some it patches. It draw you in. Yeah. yeah. And you know me. Kind of like talking about Transmetropolitan. Mm-hmm. I read three up, three issues and then got out because mm-hmm. if I go too far, mm-hmm. the completionist thing kicks in and mm-hmm. I'm going to have to finish it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I just yeah. had to walk away from it for now. Well, I remember what years ago I was playing Daggerfall and you, there was this terrible, what do you call it, critical bug or something like halfway through. It just, the game is unplayable, and I'd invested how many just days and days. I mean, you could play some of those best of the games back then 
you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so I remember I finally unloaded it and gave it to Gary, and I said, and he said, so, you know, I forgot about it. And, like, what, a year later, wow, talking about really getting on the stick, there was, oh, hey, Matt, there's a patch out for the Daggerfall now. And I was like, the moment's gone. Just keep it. I don't care, you know. And so, anyway, I hope they get off their duffs. I mean, they've, they've made an obscene amount of money. Pay for the programmers, get after it, and get it fixed. Well, they'll probably do the gold deluxe edition or the PS5 upgrade edition or something like that, and that's probably where I'll catch back up to it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I finally started playing the first PlayStation 5 game that I've gotten, and it is Demon's Souls. Dun, dun, dun. The, I guess, daddy of the Dark Souls trilogy. Remastered, huh? Yep. But not that much has changed. I haven't seen anything beyond where I've got in the... PS3 days, I think mm-hmm. I beat the first two bosses. Sounds about right. So right now I've beat the first boss, and I'm working towards the second boss. Mm-hmm. The lack of vampires is still an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like making the walk of shame when it's this long. I don't mind dying in Dark Souls, but at mm-hmm. least Dark Souls gives you the checkpoints a little more frequently. Mm-hmm. In this, it's kind of like, here's this zone. If you die in the zone... You got to do the whole zone yes, again. That would, yeah, that'd be a game. Uh, yeah, no. But it is a good game. Mm-hmm. And one thing that's interesting to me is that this game scares me. Hmm. And I don't know if you felt that way when you played Dark Souls three, since you came in at three. Mm-hmm. Young, young, young Dark Souls. Not mm-hmm. a veteran. With Dark Souls 2 is where I started at. That was one where I walked through the whole game pretty much with my shield up because poop's going to hit the fan at any time. Yeah. And did you feel that way in Well, there's de- definitely some jump scares because, like, you're in a sewer and it's creepy. And, and it, they're really good about – it's very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. I love the look in, of the game. And it's very atmospheric, like you're saying. And you can kind of get immersed in, oh, I'm in this dank, dripping sewer. I'm in danger. And, yeah, I'm in danger, huh? And then over here's like, oh, look, it's a treasure chest. But that's when you're like, oh, crap. Exactly. Is that a treasure chest? And you creep upon it. And suddenly it, and it's like it doesn't move. Something. this thing lurches up and leans over and bites the poop out of you. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, when, that, when, that, when that mimic jumps up, oh, yeah, I'm like, Hoo-ah. I mean, I've caught myself almost unplugging the controller, you know, jumping back. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, when you see treasure, not just treasure chests, but like when there's the little soul gleam over there, there's, there's like, oh, there's a little something for you to go pick up. Mm-hmm. That's when you really pucker up because yeah. you're like, no, if you left something here for me, that's like the uh, Wiley Coyote leaving out the bird seed. Little pile of birds. You're like, there's yeah. an anvil above me somewhere. Yeah, Five yeah. zombies are about to spring upon me as soon as I go, oh, treasure. Yeah. Once you take your eye off the prize and you lose that focus. Mm-hmm. So that is what brings me in on those games and mm-hmm. brings back the fear factor. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's good. Which, yeah, that's one thing that's really cool, and I was thinking about back when we played uh, Dark Trails, which is now Weird Frontiers Frontiers. with David Beatty, and that was one of the first RPGs I'd played at the table in a while that I was scared for my character in it. So it was was just interesting to me how that's one of the... Because there's not a lot of emotions you can create in a game. Mm -hmm. You can't really be like, I'm going to RP... G this so well or make a video game that you're just like I'm in love with this character mm-hmm. you know yeah. so it's hard to do a lot of emotions in games oh sure so it's not like I want to be scared I want a horror movie or something but yeah. it 
that works. Mm. That's a strong emotion you can bring out in games. And, and if you're doing that, you're doing something right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, oh, like I said, I was running around all the time with my shield up, which in Mortal Shell, you can't do that because you don't get a shield in that game. Ah. So that's one thing where it's like, I wasn't, I didn't have that sense of fear in Mortal Shell, not to like spoilers or whatever, because you probably weren't scared in Dark Souls 3. Let's see. Ah, yes, yes. Anyway, we had all the snow. So cold. Hmm. That was, <laughs> but that, I, I pretty much summed it up. I don't know if I put a bow on it there. Oh, no, that's good. But, yeah, fear in games, fear in RPGs, Demon Souls, I'm enjoying it, but if I end up quitting on the second boss again, I won't be surprised. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Now we can talk about our topic, if you'll believe it. Well, but as, as a quick aside, I just wanted to point out, to tell you, because we haven't had a chance to talk. I had a great conversation with Brian Merchant, and I also had a really neat conversation yeah, with Scott Hudson about gaming. Yeah. Um, no, these are separate conversations? or yeah, No, they're separate conversations. But it was during like being snowed in or whatever. Different I was just, topics? Yeah, I was okay. just kind of talking to them and like, hey, how are you doing? Hope you're okay or whatever. And uh, it's funny that kind of, you know, Brian and I, our conversation though, he's running a campaign at home right now. And his wife plays, and they're, they play with another couple, I think he told me. And, uh, but he's doing, he said he's thinking about trying a sandbox. And so he, if, you, if he's listened to our cast, so he knows we both talk about we've done sandboxes in recent years, you know. And so I got me thinking about some neat topics or things uh, from our, he and I, our conversation. And then Scott Hudson, he's doing some gaming again, I think with some couples and things. And um, what's funny was he's, doing something interesting in that he's having some gonzo, what would people call now a gonzo elements? Mm-hmm. And I thought it's really neat to see someone do that because nowadays it seems like that's not really so much a thing, but way back at the, the dawn of gaming, these guys would, you know, have like a robot or an Android show up in a fantasy game or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's kind of blending in stuff like that in which I thought, I mean, that's awesome, you know? And I see, yeah, you have an interesting look on your so face. This is when we need a video podcast. Exactly. So anyway, that, that, that's got me, it's rife with opportunities for things that we could discuss in the future. So even though as much as I didn't get like direct, hey, here's something cool for the podcast, luckily having these conversations with them, just organically, I'm thinking of, you know, oh, hey, that'd be a neat topic for the podcast. Well, not to shoot down a topic or since I don't know what you guys actually talked about, sure. but just Gonzo in general, uh-huh. I would say that's, I don't know if you want to say that's the second genre or that's the second big seller. It's kind of like, do you want 5th edition D&D or do you want Gonzo? Well, no, okay, maybe, maybe I'm misspeaking myself, but I'm just saying like he's running, say, like a traditional fantasy game. Right. But then he's blending in elements of like Starfinder. Oh, Wait. so for the, is that the system and not the setting is what you're talking about maybe? Ha, ha, ha. I saw what you did there. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, for whatever, he's doing some interesting things with his game. And apparently he said some of his players like it. Some of them are kind of like, eh, you know, because I remember back in the day, if I introduced, like, gunpowder, I had people would go, I don't want gunpowder weapons in my, you know, fantasy game, you know, or something. So we're kind of blending into the topic here, folks. So if we, yeah. So yeah. just bear with us. But mm-hmm. are you talking, is it just strictly mechanically in this case? 
I don't know. Sadly, we were doing it back and forth via text. Certain things were lost. Kind of like uh, your game. I'm going to run it as MCC, but I'm going to bring in the vehicle mechanics from uh, what was American. That car game? Yeah. Oh, or uh, no. Uh, man, you made me forget now, but yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right, right. But it, or like um, we're going to play Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. but I'm going to bring in the ship to ship combat from yeah. Starfinder. And, and, and that could be the case. Maybe I misinterpreted what he was saying, but at the moment I thought he was saying that he was bringing, as part of the role play, he was bringing sci-fi elements blended in with his fantasy. And like I think what I inferred from him was that some of his players liked it, some of them didn't. Because some people don't like you blending sci-fi, you know, putting peanut butter in their chocolate or whatever. They don't want sci-fi in their fantasy. So I'm trying to think, what was it? Uh, what is Barrier Peaks? Expedition uh, to Barrier Peaks. Yeah, Expedition to the Barrier Peaks, which is D and D, but it's a crashed space vessel. It's got androids, laser guns, you know, and it's got some of the weirder creatures that were in old school D and D. That in that context of them being on the ship, you go, oh, that's how these weird creatures got on a fantasy world because they seemed kind of weird sci-fi creatures. Well, now we know how the like the mind flayer and the thought devourer or whatever that brain on legs. Yeah, you encounter some of that kind of stuff on the crashed spaceship, and you're like, aha. That's how they got part of the ecosystem or something. You know? And in a way, if you look at MCC, mm -hmm. you're really just cavemen. Yeah. And then a robot shows up. Right. Which is one reason that we're not completely in love with that setting. So I, much is like yeah. America. Right. Or we're more of the, I want to be Mad Max or Thundar. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be caveman in the far far flung future which you might think of thundar is you know the humans in the thundar world are kind of you know they've uh what's what i'm looking for not degenerate but they've sort of evolved devolved or whatever and i mean he's he is a barbarian or whatever but they're not they're still not cave people for the right. most they're not yeah. like unga bunga mm -hmm. you know thank you for saying that you're welcome well i was thinking about captain caveman you know captain anyway um, but yeah, so there was that. I didn't mean to go that long about it, but I just wanted to. That's our topic in a way. Yeah. So I thought it was a nice segue. And then well, one the, more thing. The other thing is go ahead. to go to your gunpowder. Uh -huh. I think I would be that guy. Really? That if it was just supposed to strictly be a fantasy game like mm -hmm. D&D, &D, mm -hmm. I'm not the guy that's like, well, can I be the, I'm trying to think. Because there's an Arcana thing for well, it. Is it Gunslinger? Well, I was going to say Pathfinder has the Gunslinger. So does uh, unearthed arcana for D and D. I think there's a gunslinger yeah. class. Sure. And that's always like, I don't. It feels wrong to me. But if you put that in post apoc or something like, hey, this guy's using a sword and this guy's using a laser gun. I'm like, woo wee, let's do it. Yeah. I, so I don't know why. Yeah. It's like you can put the peanut butter and the chocolate together for mm. my dessert, but mm. if you put it together for my dinner, <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter and chocolate chicken. No, exactly. That's funny. There are times when it doesn't work for me. Well, and that's the thing is like, I've been willing to go, okay, you want to be a guy. We'll say this is a very rudimentary flintlock weapon that the dwarves designed. Well, guess what? If it breaks, good luck. You got to go all the way back to the dwarven hill country to get it fixed. A, B, it's like whatever the gunpowder is, it's probably something alchemical. You have to have an alchemist make it. It won't be cheap. And then it's like also if it's a traditional musket or flint lock, you get one shot. In the heat of combat, good luck trying to reload that. So That's I'm probably like, one of the other reasons I don't really. Yeah, because honestly, it, it, but in the end, will that be fun for you? I'll allow it, but I, there's going to be that level of realism, you know. I mean, I guess if you want to go, it's a fantasy, so it just magically makes bullets and just keeps firing like a gun. Well, then wait a minute, you know, I don't know.
but that see that's a whole other discussion which interesting we got off on that or maybe it isn't okay and then uh i was just going to shout out this was shameless uh, self-promotion uh we've been again uh made special guests at north texas rpg con and we are humbled and and just think it's awesome and we still wondering <laughs> when you have a five-star podcast like this mm -hmm. those are the accolades you have to get used to man. oh my oh my I, i'm getting the vapors over here and then um also we've been uh we're going to be in the celebrity game i'm like wow yeah, so that's kind of neat. Anyway, thanks again to Doug and Mike, and we love North Texas. They're, they're, our, they're our inspiration. And don't forget where else we're going this month, because I Mag have to remind you. MagCon. No. Uh -huh. no, I know. And I was talking to the wife last time. I'm going to Houston at the end of the month. Woo, you know, for uh, we've been invited out by Etten Games and MagCon. David Conahoe, our good buddy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he um, is. They're super. Just not enough good things we can say about him. Yeah, not nearly enough. Um, and so we're really excited about MagCon too. Yeah, I was just I was talking to my wife about it just last night. I'm excited about going. I'm going to run some uh, Barbarians of the Ruined Earth, and so are you, right? Yep, yep, yep. I'm going to run some Weird Frontiers. I got to break out of saying Dark Trails. Yeah, yeah, I know. And that you know, I think about that. I was like, well, now that the rules are out, official rules, I'm think I might go back to some of these cons and change up, maybe do some Weird Frontiers too, because I think a number of modules came with the. By the way, did you get the PDF? I think they were supposed to send out a PDF. Yeah, yeah, I got the link. So it's supposed to, I think it's got the modules in it. So with five pre-made modules, I'm ready to play. So the thing is, we kicked that together. Yeah. yeah. Basically, Matt kicked it and I said, instead hey, of having to pay that. all the shipping again, mm -hmm. just get the second book option. And I'll let you pay the shipping, Matt. <laughs> What's well, already there. Yeah. But I don't get all this stuff. The extra Benny stuff either. Yeah, all the bells so and whistles. So that's where you get your benefits. So right, right. I could use copy of that PDF. Yeah. Oh, or I'll have to go directly to David Beatty. Yeah, exactly. Well, I bet you he'd probably hook you up. So anyway, I just a little shameless self-promotion. Plus, we're glad to mention some great cons, North Texas MagCon, you know. And without getting political, I guess we should mention that we're both vaccinated dudes now. Oh, yeah. traveling all over the world. Yeah, yeah. so people like, you have a lot of nerve. No, we're both completely vaccinated so we have a lot of nerve yeah. pray for the best take your precautions still sure but oh no definitely luckily anybody, the yeah. vaccine is starting it's to get real. out there for you yeah and that's not 100 yeah. percent, but it's something yeah i mean i know the co-worker was like you think you're bulletproof now but i'm like well i've been waiting through this stuff for a year and i've got the vaccine now but i'm still wearing masks at work all day long and washing my hands like a you know crack fiend or whatever but anyway all right, so here it comes. Dun, 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 The official topic, now that we are an hour 20 into this. Jeez. We missed you guys, too. Yeah. Both, let's see. Which is more important or means more to you, system or setting? Now, this is a topic that Matt brought up, and I said, that is one of the dumbest ideas you've ever had because he shoots down every idea i have and he comes back right. six months later it's his idea and it's brilliant no it's actually been my idea all along so this is when you need a video <sighs> podcast again so you can see the resignation and anger on matt's face <laughs> whatever we this also i guess needs a bullshit meter but anyway i don't think we end up doing a bunch of the same topics though no. In all honesty. Well, what's sad is... But, I'm, yeah, I shoot down a lot of your topics. No, no almost everyone up. I but love anyway. my topics better, of course, because uh, like anybody, right? Yeah, sure. You love, your shit doesn't stink, uh, yeah. and you love your ideas. Right, right. But anyway. 
but I think you'll judge this topic on how much we have to talk about it. Yeah. Because that's usually what I say. But back in the day, we didn't have this much preamble either. We really didn't. So we try to be beefier with our Here's another theme. one for those of you that are still listening. Do we even need a topic at this point? Yeah, that's a good, you, good question. Do you care about the topics, or are you just kind of listen to us ramble? And God bless Because I'm not saying let's get away from topics, yeah. but I feel like we're at a point now where we don't have to have a topic to just... True. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, let's get some feedback. So, all right. Um, both system and setting have importance. Um, I've ported Shadowrun over to Champions and Cybersprawl Classics. So setting was the thing at that time. So as, as a segueing into what we're saying. So uh, your system and setting. Uh, I really liked the, the theme, the setting of Shadowrun. I liked, you know, uh, the whole thing with fantasy elements and dystopian and blah, blah, blah. But I've never really liked the Shadowrun game system. So I'm saying like years ago, I ported it into other systems, that setting. So you see where, and, and I guess you could say that the setting was more important, right? I mean, yeah, eh, setting, the system didn't necessarily matter, but I want that, the flavor, you know. But I want a different crunch. Um, but right now, I'm glad for, say, Black Hack uh, and other rules like games. So the rules are more important, per se, right now. I can make a setting to go with my rules light system. As I've said before, like when we were both deemed roadworthy, during my roadworthy piece, I said rules can get in the way of telling a good story. Mm -hmm. uh, so over the past, I would say 10 years roughly, I've moved deeper and deeper into the rules light territory. You're welcome. Yeah, well, you've kind of... I think that's not... I've known you about 10 years. That's yeah, I think. Absolutely, one of your many dark influences. But, um, but like, for instance, I'd say awesome setting, bad system, riffs. Okay, I don't alienate anybody, but Rifts is really a neat, neat, neat world system, a uh, 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 setting. But as far as the old Palladium role playing, the game mechanics, ugh, not a fan. Uh, Shadowrun, again, really neat setting, never really liked the rules that much. Um, and basically, they come up with a number of really neat world theme books to go along with GURPS. You can keep the GURPS, but some of those theme world books, like the Wormwood one and stuff, are really neat settings, you know, to have been used with GURPS. But, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I've never been a big fan of GURPS, you know. Anyway, so. Well, to go around my elbow to get to my wrist here, what I was talking about a minute ago before we drifted off uh -huh. was when you brought up this topic, yeah. I said, I don't care mm -hmm. because I'm not that guy you're sweden yeah or switzerland i mean yeah whichever one yeah whichever one of those people but I, personally it doesn't matter to me what we play too much but i had a good long talk and i told you this one already i had a good long talk with our buddy gary h mm -hmm. and man he's definitely the guy that well, he, he cares about the system. system very much so absolutely so that's what oh, made yeah. me go hey you got a topic yeah because there are people yeah, that I mean, it's all about the the uh, you know the crunch, the numbers, the you know how I interact with. I'm the guy telling the story. Here, okay, I set the scene. Here's what's going on. Some people go, well, I don't care how I interact with your story. I want a good story in an interesting setting. But there's the guy that goes, well, that's important, but he they want a very granular 
you know, system. Which to pick on Gary, just mm -hmm. he's our victim here. He is the crunch guy. Oh, yeah. He might love riffs. If mm -hmm. we sat down and played some riffs, he might be like, this has exactly a rule for everything that could ever occur. This mm -hmm. is the perfect game. Mm -hmm. Whereas me, I could, and this might be where you kind of are leaning back and forth. Mm -hmm. For me, I could pretty much play a game with no rules and just go, okay, that makes sense. Write that down. That's going to be a rule now. Yeah. As we go, we'll make up and rules to In this. recent years, we've kind of seen some of that. We're like, oh, this game doesn't have a rule for that. At the table, in the moment, we kind of hash it out very diplomatically and maturely and go, all right, going forward, we always agree as player and game master, no matter who's running, that's the rule for that. And okay, carry on. You know. Which, to give you a counterpoint to that, maybe on the other side of Gary, might be Doug at mm -hmm. NTRPG. Mm -hmm. Because when we played with his game, mm -hmm. he really, he's, he does like the rules, Mm -hmm. He likes some of the obscure rules too. Like he's the guy that's going to be like, now roll for your age, and you know, roll see if you got uh, psionic powers and this, mm -hmm. that, and the other. Yeah. But he keeps his flexible as it goes. Like uh, his armor classes are fluid. Mm -hmm. the, maybe the monster was at a ten here, but now they've gotten to some advantageous position, or just in the heat of the moment, they're moving out of the combat just right that they get an AC bonus. So their AC goes up and down. It's not always like, does a 12 hit? Well, and then you're really like, we, we figured out what the number is. No, that was before it moved over here or before it did that or before you fumbled and, you know, chipped your sword or something. Mm -hmm. So he keeps it a little bit more fluid. And we played his one game that he made up before D&D &D was out and about. Right. Where it was pretty much just war with cards. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, the swordsman has this card and the scorpion has that card. Who won? So, I mean, they just made up a rule. So mm -hmm. that's about as free form and rule free as you can get. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. But which one is better? Which one would you be more inclined to play? And talking about Matt, I would say neither one. Yeah. He's not going to go, let's play riffs. And he's not going to be like, let's play card versus card combat either. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I remember saying this way back and gosh, that would have been, I want to think 91 yeah, wow, that I was talking to somebody and I'd said, you know, the game system is just a way for me, while I'm telling the story, for you to interact with it. And I see people that get all jazzed up about, well, I know this, and I don't blame some people. They're like, God, I had to learn that encyclopedic knowledge of 3.5 or Pathfinder. Oh, God, I don't want to have to learn some other, you know. And, like, I get that. But that's where I almost want to go, come play with me. I'm doing something rules light. And even then, a lot of times on any of these games, the, the larger part of the work is on the game master. I have to know all the rules. You as a player, okay, the guy walks in the room, you want to shoot him, right? Yeah, okay. So what they say, I want to shoot him. You're like, okay, you can, 20 different game systems, you're saying you shoot him, okay. I point to a given dice, I tell you to roll it, you roll it, and I go, all right, you hit or you didn't. I mean, it's, you know, it's not that hard. Uh, but some people are like, well, I have to know the rules. It's not rocket surgery. Yeah, it's not. Um, and that's, it's, so, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, um, like I was saying back then, I'd said to somebody about, you know, uh, uh, I'm setting the table, here's the meal, or you can eat with your fork or your spoon or whatever. I mean, it's, it's you know, not the best analogy, but it was, you know, yeah. But, uh, but for me, it's like, which one's more important? I, I say through the years, it's kind of vacillated. Uh, there's some settings I would not be at all interested in, um, you know, but on the other hand, you know, if you were to go, well, but what if we use, what if we use this mechanic to play it? Still not interested, you know? Um, 
And it, there's very few things that I've ever said. If I could tell the guy or gal has got that fire in their belly and they've got a great idea for a campaign, uh, that, that excitement is infectious. And I don't care what system they're using. I'm like, man, I can tell this person's got a cool idea and they're anxious to tell this story. I want to be involved with that and play. Oh, they're using GURPS or 3.5? Well, I'm not thrilled, but, you know, I'll play anyway. You know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah. Right. And I think somebody, which, again, picking on Gary when he listens, his, listens to this at some far-flung date in the future, mm -hmm. I think he is the one that would be more inclined to go, this doesn't have enough rules for me. So I'm not interested. It's a good story, but the rules don't flow right. Yeah, and then that, that's true. Um, and and it's and really un, and I, I over as your life goes on, you realize well, I'm not going to judge somebody because of that. That's him. He owns it. It's his thing, and it is what it is. It doesn't mean he's right or wrong or a bad person. But I feel bad for him in that. I would want to think you know you're going to miss out on some opportunities to f play some fun you know gaming because you're kind of caught up in the rules, but. That's part of his fun, so it is what it is. I mean, no matter how good the story is, I guess if he really just hates the mechanics, he's not going to have fun. Where other people probably would. Like I see a lot of people that show up to play games that I run that I could tell they'll just they know have no clue how the system works. But they're you know when their turn comes, this is what I want to do. I tell them with well, that dice, okay, you know, and I might tell them three and four times. But if they don't mind, I don't mind. You know, I know they're new to the system. And like you pointed out it's pretty much all the same yeah. I want to hit something okay roll this determined dice whether it's the d20 or a percentile or flipping mm -hmm. some cards like dark trails can be yeah we're frontiers mm -hmm. but it's just a matter of okay what do I do in this game to hit something the rule the general rule is always the same yeah I want to run across that tightrope check okay. for success yeah, exactly. How are you making a success check? And so this does kind of segue in somewhat, I guess. But talking about the, the game that we've been playing, which is Barbarians of the Ruined Earth by Mike Evans, it uses for its kind of engine, as I always call it, the black hack. Okay, so that's the system, talking about system and setting. And so what's interesting is I'd also recently mentioned to Eddie as a topic on a goof was gaming lingo. And so it's funny was I've seen websites talk about black hack is player facing mechanics. Is it? Yeah. Player facing. And I was like, player facing. But it's kind of like when I kept talking before about it, when I said, well, it gives player agency. Well, all kind of games give player agency. That's really not the, the best way to describe that. But it's this player facing thing is, and even D and D has player facing mechanics. But essentially I go, okay, they're attacking with the fireball. Well, how can I as the player, evade that well with a saving throw you roll to try to roll out duck it whatever so there's some player facing mechanics in probably all these games but in the black hack and, and barbarians it's it's exclusively player facing mm -hmm. everything that happens the player is going to make the roll you're attacking you roll the monsters attack well you're evading now you roll you know um you're attacked by the creature's breath weapon you make a saving throw Literally, if I used average damage, I would never have to touch a die the whole game. And I see where some game masters would not like that, talking about rules, right? Mm -hmm. But it really is very liberating for me as a game master because there's a certain amount of time that's tied up in, you know. Yeah, I hate to say that only an unfair GM would not like that rule. Yeah. But that, 
go ahead and this is where we're begging for feedback all through this episode. But yeah. what do you think about that? Exactly. Are you the GM that would be like, no, I'd rather roll that monsters because whether it comes out of my hand or the player's hand, it's still a random roll. Mm-hmm. So I don't see the difference. Yeah. And, and so I don't know about you. And I want to ask your opinion on this. That's why I'm, I'm glad I made some notes here. Um, uh, the, so would you agree with this? The, the subtle shift in perspective keeps the focus and the spotlight where it belongs on the heroes. Do you feel like this game puts more of the spotlight on you guys and your characters, the heroes of the story? Because I get to roll the attacks? Well, and you get to roll the defense, and you get to roll the saving throws. Because but I get to... Are you saying simply because of the mechanical nature that I get to make all the rolls, it puts more of a spotlight on me? Is that the... Yeah, the gist. No. Okay, but would you feel like since you've been playing this, do you feel like you y'all guys have a little more freedom and yes. you see? So maybe but that's not necessary. The mechanics. The mechanics. Okay. I don't feel like oh boy because I get to roll for this orc trying to hit me. This is all. This is me. This is all. No, I would. Well, okay. But for me, like I said, it's going to feel the same whether you roll it mm-hmm. or I roll it as the player or the GM. Mm-hmm. And the only thing is that's kind of funny now mm-hmm. is because if somebody's character gets killed, they did it themselves. They can't be like, ah, that yeah. was your roll. No, exactly. Yeah, you rolled no, it yourself, you buddy. Rolled it. And so I, I do love that. The, the players want to go, man, you are sure rolling a lot of crits. Nope, I'm not rolling anything. You're rolling a lot of critical and think failures. about those times when you're rolling hot as the GM or you're rolling crappy. And you feel bad for your players or you're kind of aggravated that you're rolling so poorly and the, this well-made encounter is not flowing very yeah, well. Yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't get three hit, three crits in a row on you. You just got three crits in a row on yourself. On yourself. And so I really like that and, too. And so shame. Yeah, players don't get to be mad at me anymore. They get to be mad at their dice or whatever. So that's kind of neat. And also, I think it frees up a considerable amount of my time as Game Master because there's a lot of times I'd be reaching for a die or figuring something out. I don't worry about it. I'm over here telling stories. I I, I haven't like got it. to run Barbarians yet, but mm-hmm. I want to, and I'm mm-hmm. going to run it at the end of the month. Yeah. But as a player, so that's the only way I can talk about it, I mm-hmm. don't feel like, oh, this is putting a lot more work on me. No, no. I don't feel like that. But mm-hmm. as a GM, you're like, this is so much less work on me, it's which liberating. is always great. And it's yeah. not like, well, that work had to go somewhere. Yeah, but it's just another role. So and a lot of as a player, like I'm not oppressed or whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But so even though maybe by the, via the mechanics you don't feel that that shift in perspective, but you got to say for whatever reason, you do feel that shift in perspective though. You just cop to it that you feel like more the attention It's not mechanical though. Yeah, but it's, it's not Mike Evans that did that. It's Matt that did that. Okay. It's Matt's story that did that. I guess so then. Well then I'll pat I feel myself like on the back. I feel like I'm a, these are more heroic characters yeah. because I guess you could say the lack of mechanics in this allows mm-hmm. you as a GM to have more freedom to allow the player to have more freedom mm-hmm. to do more crazy stuff. Yeah. Like I'm gonna tackle that guy. Oh crap. Now yeah. I gotta look up the grapple rules. Nobody nope. want never grapple. Yeah. In this, it's just like make strength check and go about your business. Yeah. And and so I love that. And that's one of those things where you know, is that and I'll give big kudos to Eddie. I mean, everybody at the table is great and they're getting better about this. But I'm but, the best. But I've talked about how sometimes too much rules can constrain players to where they think I can only do what these rules say. When there's less rules like this, players start to kind of take a deep breath and realize, oh, I can think outside the box. I can do, since not everything's quantified that I can do, well, what can I do? Tell me what you want to do and I'll tell you how we're going to educate it. 
what? And so Eddie's really embraced that. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to springboard off this guy's tail and do a super somersault land behind the guy and kick him in the back of the neck. I'm like, oh, okay, pick up that dice and roll it and I'll tell you what happens. And the people are like, wait, you let him do that? Yeah, why not? This is four color high flying, you know, wild, crazy gonzo, you know, whatever. Or one of the things that we did early in is that I picked up a monster truck. There was a truck barreling down on us. So I was like, I ah, just pick it up. Yeah. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're not really doing that in D and D or many other role playing games. Yeah. But in this game, it's something you can do. Yeah, like, yeah, because one of the players was just like, wait a minute, and I'm like, you you got to get outside that frame of thought. It's this, not supers, but there's some super heroic okay, stuff you can do in go it. Go watch Thunder the Barbarian. I mean, exactly. Ookla at one point like kicks a helicopter and it explodes or something and Thundar breaks chains that are like great big logging chain that I don't care the the, the strongest strongman contestant in the world couldn't break those chains but Thundar did well it's a Saturday morning cartoon so you know anyway but as far as like uh, I don't know putting some more of the work or the agency to the players mm -hmm. is there a reason you couldn't just play DCC or Dungeons and Dragons and go hey instead of making the attack rolls you make the attack rolls yeah I sure. mean, you could do that. That's a yeah. mechanic that you could introduce to pretty much any game because mm -hmm. you could go, hey, you have a plus five to hit. Roll to hit yourself. Yeah. Why not? There, there's actually been times where we started to pack the dice away and someone goes, oh, wait, what about X, Y, Z? And we go, you know what? we got about 30 more minutes. And I want to pull my dice back out. And I go, hey, just roll the dice. Roll for me. Here, you roll to hit him. You know, whatever. I mean, because I'm not all jazzed up, hung up on. But I will say it's been interesting. I'll tell myself, at like Long Con back in November, I ran, you know, uh, Schoolhouse Rock, uh, which is one of my little adventures for barbarians. And I kept wanting to reach for my dice. And I then I catch myself, I'm like, nope, I don't roll. And the the table light laughed, you ha, ha, we had a good little laugh. Which that's it. one of the reasons I'm looking forward to running it is to do that to myself, to be like, Oh yeah, don't yeah. have to roll. It, it is a little bit of a trip. I mean, for a guy who's been running games for you and me both for a lot of years, um, it's trippy because at least I mean I get to roll for damage, but you know, honestly one day I thought I could just do averages. Well now that you mentioned it, I'm like I might do that and not even bring out a die. Be like, go. I'm going to run this game and I'm not going to use one single die. And won't that be a mind blower? Yeah. It's kind of, but it's funny. In recent years, we've both worked toward being more minimalist game masters. And there's something to be said for the people that show up with all the maps and the miniatures and the train. And that's really sexy. Which was you for a while. Yeah, it was absolutely. I was that guy. I had, good Lord, an obscene amount of those D&D &D, uh, miniatures from WizKids and back in the day. And, uh, but I've kind of been selling them off, moving them out. Um, because, you know, when I started this as a kid, we didn't have all those trappings. They weren't a thing or we couldn't afford them or they weren't available. And, uh, and we had a lot of fun and didn't need it. You know, this is a game of imagination. So, um, so we'd love to hear your feedback. What do you think about this? What's more important or, or is there a balance for you or neither one? Or, uh, and what do you think about this, these player-facing rules or whatever? Would you, oh, I would hate that. Oh, I'd love that. Or I'm intrigued, you know, as a game master. Well, you know, Eddie's comment, you know, that he says, ah, probably some jerkwad cheater GM would, would hate the game, you know. I want to hear some jerkwad cheaters who are like, I would love, I'd still find a way to cheat, you yeah, know. Yeah, kind of not as a jerkwad cheater, but. It was a joke, yeah. I like to roll behind the GM screen when I roll. To the benefit of the players, you know. Um, because but I think that does add something back to the old, it harkens back to the olden days too, where mm -hmm. there were secrets and mysteries behind the GM screen and mm -hmm. I'm going to roll a die and you don't yeah. know why I'm rolling it. And 
But I will say this, even in uh, Barbarians, yeah, uh, at one point I got tired of these guys kept, I missed every time. So I said, all right, I'll have an encounter where they're shooting these missiles that explode over such a large area. You get to roll to evade half the damage, but you're going to take some damage, darn it. You know, so as the GM, who cares if you're not rolling dice? If you really want to thrash your characters, it's a game. You can say, up, oh, boulders fall, you all die. I mean. Scumbag GMs. Exactly. So, you know. <laughs> but the other thing I'll say about Barbarians is we'll have to send yeah. this to Mike Evans and get a sponsorship. Yeah, I know. really Oof. stroking him hard today. Yeah, exactly. I bet he's a, <laughs> if he only knew. The thing with Barbarians, though, is I think it should stay super heroic. Oh, yeah. If you're like, ah, oh, these guys aren't taking enough damage or they're just mowing through everything, play something different. Yeah. But this is a good other game, too, for that, yeah. where it's like, look, we'll play Barbarians and we'll play first edition or DCC or something like that. It's, we've got one game where you're going to kick my ass and there's mm -hmm. one game where the other asses are getting kicked. Yeah. It kind of goes back and forth like, man, this game is so hard. We're always getting trounced. Mm -hmm. And one where it's like, hey, this is pretty easy. We're always heroic. Mm -hmm. So I like both of those. Sure. The taste now, of both. Sometimes, you know, you want mounds and sometimes you want almond joy. But, um, but that's kind of the thing. I've been accused of being a little the GM that roots a little too much for the players. And so that might be why I really like Barbarians because it seems that it's a real chance for the players to shine and for their characters to be super heroic. And I always you know. root for the characters, but I think Barbarians gives you more license to root yeah, for them. Absolutely. And, and I think it's the rules light aspect of it really frees me up to do some really neat stuff as a game master. Would you agree with that statement? Sure. Okay. So anyway, well, all right, well, uh, again, this one's been kind of long in the tooth, but then again, y'all haven't had one for a month. But we, and and you we, may not want another one after this. <laughs> I would, hopefully you took this and like took some breaks, but we, we've missed y'all. Or you've had a really long drive or a really bad day. <laughs> and now it's worse. <laughs> Is that it? You got anything else you want to no, harangue them with? No, that was pretty much it. All right, give us your feedback or the next episode is going to be three hours. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but I can tell by the clock on the wall that we're all out of hit points. So yeah. Bye.